0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, can you put your hands together one more time for the Lord? I think we should just have church again tomorrow night. It feels... Just so soon since I've seen you last It's just a few days have passed And it is, you all know, look around Look at a crowd on a Tuesday night In the middle of the holidays You have come to honor the Lord And I know that He's honored by your presence in the house tonight And tonight's service is a little more laid back Than perhaps what we, we typically would do Pastor Johnson, I remember years ago when when you started the communion services in the old building, actually, well, this building actually just it 's been rearranged. I remember the platform being on the this right side of the room, and it was shotgun style for those of you that weren 't here back in the day and I remember when you and Patty would just gather around the front and you talk from your heart some of the Just the sweetest memories that I have around church growing up. And they were so meaningful. Because this season is about being thankful. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot to be thankful for. I don't know if it's me being old now and 40 and whatnot. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to attribute it to totally, but it just, I guess you reach a, a season in life when you, I guess you have enough life behind you to look back and say, wow, God, wow. You really did all of that? Like, you did that all by yourself. And I feel like that's where I'm at. I told you Sunday, I woke up Sunday just super grateful just that I had the privilege to do what I do, and tonight is absolutely no different. I have a lot of things to be thankful for, and I'm not going to go down the list, but obviously I'm grateful for my Heavenly Father tonight, but I, yeah, come on, yeah, you can put your hands together for the Lord, but I, I am so grateful for Cassidy, she, I think while she was on her trip, I told y'all that, just... When, when, you're, when your spouse is away, you have a newfound appreciation for everything that they do. And I could tell you that our household would not survive without the woman of our house. And I am, for those of you that were wondering, yeah. I'm married up. I'm madly in love with my wife, and I'm so glad that the Lord brought her into my life and I got to thinking this afternoon just about some of the things that I'm thankful for and and I don't think I tell you enough I feel like I I share it with them quite often but I don't tell the church publicly how thankful I am for the staff that we have around us and I want you to know yeah you can put your hands together for them Tonight I'm grateful for people that, yes, they get a paycheck, but they would serve here if they didn't get a paycheck. They have such a heart for this house. I'm not going to go through a list of everybody, but the people that you see that are serving you faithfully every week... All of the staff members of Christian Life, and I know many of you are sitting over here, many of you are serving in different capacities, I want you to know how grateful I am for you. You, and you know this because you get the behind the scenes of church work, but the pastor gets a lot of the praise when things go good and a lot of the criticism when things don't go good. But what you don't know is that The individuals that sit over here, the worst seats in the house, by the way, way over here in the corner, they're the oil that makes this engine run on Sundays and Wednesdays. They put so much time and effort and energy into making sure that when you come in on Sunday, when you come in on Wednesday, that the atmosphere is set for you to have an encounter with Jesus that could just change everything for you. And so... During this Thanksgiving season I'm grateful for the staff That chooses to serve Christian life Austin, it is a beautiful season We won't hold you long tonight We're going to finish with communion And then we'll sing a worship song And then we'll dismiss you But I was thinking over the last few days About the season that we are in It's one of my favorite seasons of the year And I want to ask you a question When you think about Thanksgiving Day, what do you think about? And you don't have to yell at me because I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what you probably think about because I know you well. Many of you probably think of turkey and then you think of a nap. Maybe you think of dressing. Maybe you think of all the good food that surrounds it. You think family. You think football. Amen. This is, this is what... This is what many of us think, and this doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, but Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, the word comes from two words, thanks and giving, and we just push them together to create Thanksgiving, and they're interchangeable. Thanksgiving, and you flip it around, and it's giving thanks. It's what we do before a meal. It's what you'll do on Thursday or Friday before you sit down with your family. You will give thanks. Have you taken time to think about where giving thanks comes from? Have you thought about it? Giving thanks comes from Jesus himself. Before he would break the bread, he gave thanks. He's our example of what this looks like. It's where it started for us. Jesus himself trying to remind every one of us that he's the source of everything, that our daily provision comes from God, and that we shouldn't just live a few days of thanksgiving, but we live a lifestyle of gratitude, a lifestyle of being Grateful. I want to be a grateful person. I'm reminded tonight of, again, a familiar passage of story that, that you will know for sure in Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read it to you, but you won't see it on the screen, so you're going to have to lock in and pay attention. I didn't give it to our team in enough time. Now it happened on his way to Jerusalem, as he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men. This is speaking of Jesus. Ten men came to him who were lepers, and they stood afar off. They stood afar off because of the law of the land in that day and age. And they lifted up their voices, the Bible says, and said, Master, he said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So that when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went that they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned, and with a loud voice, with a loud voice, he glorified God, and he fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And the Bible says, yeah, that he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and says, were there not ten that were cleansed? where are the nine were there not any found who who returned to give glory to god except for this foreigner and he said to him rise go your way your faith has made you well let's talk about gratitude for just a couple of minutes tonight i think it's something that we all say that we want it's something that we all strive to have in our life but gratitude is very simple Gratitude is simply saying thank you for something that you have received. It's not hard, but sometimes it's these small things that we overlook. Gratitude is an expression of the heart. It's praise. It's adoration. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew language, there are seven dominant words There's more, but the dominant ones that you see throughout the pages of Scripture, there's seven of them for for praise or for thanksgiving. I want to share them with you tonight. The first is Todah, and it means a thanksgiving choir. Yeah, that sounds good. The second is Barak, and it means to bow or to kneel in thanksgiving. The third is Tehillah. Be careful how you pronounce that one. (laughs) It means a song of thanksgiving. The fourth is halah. It means to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. That's where we get the word hallelujah from. The fifth is yada, giving thanks with extended hands. The sixth is amar, meaning to give thanks with a musical instrument. The seventh is Shabbat, giving thanks in a loud tone, in a shout. But one thing you'll notice about all of these is that they're all an expression of our love. And they're all about giving thanks because gratitude is what allows and causes worship to come forth. Because you're thankful for something that's been given to you. And because you're grateful for it. It's the thing that allows worship to come forth. Because it's an expression of your heart. There's a verse in the Bible. You've heard it. But maybe not in these terms. That It actually has four of these seven expressions of the word praise or thanksgiving in it. And I want to share it with you tonight. Psalm 104 says this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's the word todah, which means a thanksgiving choir. And into his courts with praise. That's tehillah, singing praises. Be thankful, which is Yada, means to extend your hands. And bless, that's barak, bow before his name. So let me read it as the definitions uh, would be placed in this scripture. Enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir, and into his courts with singing praises. Extend your hands to him, and bow before his name. Doesn't it make it just kind of come alive? Like, this is, a, this is how we worship him. It's an, it's an expression of our heart. It's a thankfulness, not just on this Thursday and during this week, but all year long. As we move back to Luke chapter 17 for a moment and we, we go back to the lepers in the story, the men affected by leprosy in Luke 17, I think one of the things that I noticed as, as I read it was that a miracle preceded this man's gratitude. God did something for him, and because God did something for him, because God changed his life, This man expressed his gratitude to Jesus. Watch verse 15. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice. He wasn't shy. He wasn't intimidated. With a loud voice, he glorified God, falling on his face. When's the last time that you were so thankful for something that the Lord has done for you? That with a loud voice you shouted praise to him. When's the last time that you fell in adoration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Have we become so sophisticated in 2023 that we can't honor God the way that we need to honor God, the way that God wants to be honored? And knowing what this man did, let me ask you this question. Is what he did an an appropriate response to what Jesus did, or is just a little bit over the top? Is the way that he responded when he figured out that he was healed, was it an appropriate response, or was it just, ah, come on, buddy. Simmer down. Chill. It's not acceptable. People are going to think you're Weird. People are thinking, I'm, gonna, I'm weird because I'm friends with you. See, with leprosy, your skin begins to eat away at itself. If you're going to have dinner after this, I apologize. But if you had leprosy in the Bible, you could not associate with anyone else. You had to live... In a separate colony, you had to live with other people affected with leprosy. You couldn't be a productive member of society. You couldn't hold a job. You couldn't have a career. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't live with your family. If leprosy was affecting your life after you had children, you can never go to your kids' ball games, you could never kiss your wife goodnight. If anyone got too close to you, you literally had to scream, unclean, unclean. So I want to ask you again, was this man, was his response to what Jesus did, was it an appropriate response or was he a little bit over the top? Oh, I think he was spot on. I, th- I think he was, I think he nailed it. Because if, if Jesus has ever done anything like that for you, see, I know some of your stories. I know some of your testimonies. I know some of the things that God has done in your life. And when you understand and you realize how good he's been to you, See, people walk into a church and they they wonder why do do they have tears streaming down their face? Why are some people jumping in excitement? Why are some people bowed on their knees? Because we know how good he's been to me. And because he's been so good to me, the only appropriate response is to give him everything that I have. So let me take it a step further. Let's say that this man lived in Austin, Texas. Okay, are you ready? Let's say he lived in Austin. The guy is healed, comes back with a loud voice, falls on his face before the Lord, glorifies him, gives thanks, and modern day, he's healed. And 30 years has gone by. He's healed of an incurable disease by Jesus And once he's healed, he goes back to college, gets his degree, meets a sweet lady. They get married, have some children. Their kids grow up. They get married, start having grandkids now. He's doing great. 30 years has passed since Jesus has miraculously touched his life. And one day, he's walking down South Congress. Because that's where Jesus would hang out. Because they had good tacos down there. And he spots Jesus. I got a question for you. What do you think this man would do? if 30 years later he sees the man that healed him from an incurable disease, do you think that he would have just seen him on the other side of the road and, hey, hey, sweetheart, I think that's Jesus. I know it's been 30 years that's passed, but see, when, when he does something for you that changes everything about you. Let me, let me show you. Cameraman, you're going to have to stay with me. He sees Jesus on the other side of the road. He's on the Olympic team. And he takes off, and he sprints to find Jesus. And my guess is, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but this is, this is Brad chapter 3. So take it for what it's worth. My guess is is that the same response he had 30 years ago would be very similar to the response that he had today if he spotted Jesus because now he's got perspective on what it was that Jesus did for him, and now he can see that Jesus, because you took care of me on that day, look at everything that has transpired in my life. Look at the family that I have. Look at the kids that I have. Look at the grandkids that I have. And the only appropriate response to what you did for me 30 years ago is to fall on my knees and bow before you in thanksgiving, in adoration. So tonight as we close our time together, I want to ask you, has He ever done anything for you? Then you know what the only appropriate response would be? Don't do it yet. We're going to do it in just a second. But if God has ever put a marriage back together, If God has ever brought your family back together, if he's ever brought a wayward child back home, if he's ever broken off the chains of addiction in your life, if he's ever healed you, if you had a report and he stepped up, all right, okay, hang on, I got another one for you. Maybe you say he's never done any of that for me. Maybe he saved your soul 35 years ago. If that's all he's done, can I tell you, the only appropriate response is to stand to your feet right now and to give him the greatest praise and adoration that you have in your soul. Come on, I wonder if on a Tuesday night we can put our hands together. Maybe you want to throw your hands in the air and just tell him thank you. Come on, don't worry about what your neighbor's thinking right now. I know it may seem foolish. Don't worry about them right now. He's the one that did it for you. And look at what you have because of what he did. Look at the blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Donald worked up a sweat. Wow, you can stay standing. So now we just got a little wild with our praise. That's all right. Now let's, let's bring it down a notch. Because here's what I know that we all have in common. I know he's done individual things for all of us. I know we all have our own stories that we could sit here and talk about. That. Whew, he did to Jesus, whoo. If it wouldn't be been for the Lord, where would I be? We all have those stories. But there's one thing every single one of us have in common. The one thing that you and I all have in common that Jesus did for us happened at Calvary. It's the one thing we all have in common that he died for you just like he died for me. So that we could have the opportunity to be with Him again in heaven. So that our our soul could be saved for eternity. And on this Thanksgiving season, I think it would be appropriate to just take a moment and remember what He's done for us. As you grab your cup, let me remind you of... Isaiah chapter 53, I just, I want you to think about this for a second. This passage just puts it into perspective for me every time I read it. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. This is talking about his hands that were pierced. His hands representing the things that we do. He was crushed for our iniquities. His heart was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. This is talking about the crown of thorns that was placed on his head. And where do you lose your peace? In your mind. And by his wounds we are healed. This is the stripes that he bore on his back. For you and me. So if you were wondering if he's ever done anything for you. If this is the only thing that he's ever done for you. Can I tell you the only appropriate response? Is to give him thanks. That's the only appropriate response. Oh and I know he's going to do a whole lot of other things for you. but, But this alone is enough to look clamorously foolish. It's enough to have a thanksgiving choir. It's enough to sing songs of praise. It's enough to fall on your knees and throw your hand. This alone is enough. The Bible says that on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body which is for you, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Would you take the bread right now? Come on, would you pause for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken for me. Sure, you've done a lot since then for me, but this is where it all started. Tonight, we go back to where it all started for us. And truthfully, Lord, you know this better than we do, but this is the greatest thing that you've ever done for us. So we remember your body that was broken for us. And then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup, this is a new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Would you take the cup this evening? Thank you Lord for your blood that was shed Come on can you take just a moment We honor you tonight God you've been so good You've been so good Lord I could stand here for an hour For two hours, for three hours And I couldn't express my full gratitude I couldn't create a list so great Lord there's not enough paper in the world To write down how good you've been to me You've been so faithful to me When I haven't been faithful to you, you've remained faithful to me all of my life. You've been faithful.